Talk to my friend Drew Lennon. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I look this guy for wisdom. I'm not happy one bit, and the reasons why will unfold as we congregate here today. The the lives, that's with a V, the lives we have been living since March of 2020. I should say it's the lies, L-I-E-S, the lies we've been living since March of 2020 is more accurate. Now, I know many of you have been hesitant to come out in a bold fashion and embrace, discuss, acknowledge, not suppress the truth that you have all known in your guts, in your hearts, in your minds, in your souls since March of 2020. And that is that something is very very wrong, has been very, very wrong about this from the beginning. And you have been led to believe by the leftist propagandist media, unsurprisingly, that you, you are somehow a conspiracy theorist for feeling it. And what am I talking about? You know what I'm talking about. That this was never about health and public safety. That this was a manipulated event Intended intended to do what? To transform America, to change the way we view our relationship with the government, to seize our life, our sacred liberty, to reduce us to servants and slaves of the government. Now, there is a revelation that came out today, not today, but recently, a couple days ago now, I guess, and it's got me. Well, it's got me fit to be tied, fit to be tied because the lies are relentless. And time and time again, we have been attacked throughout this quote unquote pandemic for making assertions, making claims called conspiracy theorists denounced as some kind of stupid villains, deniers of truth when we are the ones who have been right And they have been gaslighting us and calling us names to keep our voices silenced so that they could go on their merry way, on their journey towards reducing us to a bunch of plebeians answering to some government, looking to them for our rights and liberties, which is unconstitutional. And that's why I've said countless times since the beginning, even this whole pandemic. And you can listen to Barack Obama, who has admitted it. Other Democrats have come out in the open and admitted it, that this pandemic, they called it what? An opportunity. Look, look, everything we've seen, everything we've felt, the puzzle is coming together. The pieces are coming together and we are having a clearer and clearer view day by day of what has taken place since March of 2020. Now, I'm going to get into this one more in a minute, but I want to backtrack. 
What I'm going to get to and what I want to talk about that has me set off on fire today is Rochelle Walensky. She, of course, is the CDC director. Now, she's put her foot in her mouth several times before, but today really takes the cake. Because the fear, the fear that has been put in the hearts and minds of the American people, which has made Democrats and Republicans alike cower in their homes, cower because of COVID, acting as if it was an immediate death sentence, the bubonic plague perhaps in many people's minds. Well, what was that fear driven by? The running 24-7 tallies by the media since March of 2020, the running ticker, which told us constantly how many more cases, how many more deaths. I mean, those totals and tallies were updated faster than votes were tallied during election week. And now, Walensky, she went on Fox Nation, I think, Fox Sunday maybe it's called, with Brett Baer. And she admitted that up to 40% of these COVID hospitalizations are with COVID, not from COVID. 40%. Nearly half of the hospitalizations, Walensky, the CDC director, is acknowledging are inflated. It's a lie. You go in the hospital because you were in a car accident and the hospitals are testing It's mandatory. Every person that comes in there in the hospital, testing them for COVID, they're there because they've got a broken arm and a piece of metal from their car in their lung, and they're testing positive for COVID. And they're reporting that as what? A COVID hospitalization. Can you imagine? Imagine what that, of course, does to the numbers, to, to strike fear in your hearts. That's nearly doubling the reported numbers of COVID cases, hospitalizations. And how about deaths? How about deaths? You know, we asserted early on because the CDC, other, other branches, pieces of the uh, federal government that are involved in the healthcare system, well, they set the standards for hospitals in terms of reporting COVID cases very early on. And they removed any specific guidelines to prove that something was COVID-related. And they also incentivized hospitals to report COVID cases and deaths because the hospitals would receive additional funds if it was from COVID. So we heard stories about this, right? People are in a car accident. They're testing for COVID. They die from the car accident. And it's reported as what? A COVID death. COVID death. Later, I will look this up. I will look up the exact verbiage because I read it long ago. And it's exactly what I'm saying. Basically, you know, use your, use your best judgment to decide if it was COVID related or not. There were no specific requirements. It was just do it. Do it. So they incentivized this. But anyway, let's go back because people will say, oh, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not a conspiracy theorist because Walensky just let the cat out of the bag. 
So Brett Bear pressed her further. I'll play this down the line so we can hear it. But we got a lot to talk about. Because at the end of this episode, do you know what my goal is today? I've come in here with a very specific goal. And that goal, that goal is to make you certain about everything you know. So that no liberal Democrat, leftist propagandist, who is a denier of the truth, can make you feel insecure about your beliefs and what you know. Because we're right, they're wrong. And they've had the wool pulled over their eyes, and it's time we pull it up over their eyes so they can see again. That's our role. But conspiracy theories. What's another conspiracy theory that became true that was not a conspiracy theory? Well, remember when Donald Trump asserted early on that... This was back, I believe, even in the end of March of 2020, perhaps. It was very early in the pandemic. Donald Trump came out and he asserted that he believed that the coronavirus, COVID-19, came from a lab in Wuhan, China, the Wuhan Lab of Virology. Now, Fauci, three or four days after Donald Trump made that claim, said that he had seen credible evidence. That's what he said. He'd seen credible evidence that it originated in a lab. Well, four days later it was, Dr. Fauci does an interview, exclusive interview, with National Geographic. And in that interview, he explicitly contradicted Donald Trump's own claims that he'd seen credible evidence of its origination in a Wuhan lab, and Fauci said there was no evidence, no evidence, he'd seen no evidence to suggest that it came from a lab. In fact, he went on for a year decrying, denouncing that, saying that there was no way, you know, it was a species-to-species transmission. And the media, of course, went along with that. What did they call this? What did they call this? The leftist outlets, the majority of them, I mean, there, there may have been one or two here and there, very rarely, who came out and entertained even the premise, the idea that it could have come from a Wuhan lab. But by and large, what happened? I'm not making this up. I just reread all the headlines. They said that the lab theory was a conspiracy theory. In fact, in September, in September of 2020, I believe it was, Tucker Carlson had a Chinese doctor on his show, and he interviewed her. Now, she had a PhD in virology, and she said she could prove with scientific data that it did originate in a lab in Wuhan, China. She said that she could prove that it was a man-made virus. And a PolitiFact, which is, of course, a fact checker, they're all left-wing. They're left-wing, and it's not facts, it's an opinion. They have an opinion. If they disagree with it, they just say, well, we, we, we've talked to experts and this is, we, we, we vote this false. It's not true because I say so. Well, PolitiFact, after this Chinese doctor made the claim that supported Donald Trump's claim that it was man-made, it came out of a, a lab. Well, PolitiFact said, you know, this is, this, this, conspiracy theory that this guest Tucker Carlson's talking to has already been debunked. Well, guess what? PolitiFact has since removed that from their fact check because it's true. 
it wasn't a conspiracy theory. And they debunked themselves. Debunked themselves. Because what did we learn? The National Institutes of Health, the NIH, in 2021, I forget if it was October or September, but the National Institute of Health actually admitted, admitted in a letter, in a letter they sent to Congress, I forget which, it was the, the uh, what are they all called, a Committee on Energy and Commerce, I think it was, Energy and Commerce, I think it was called, but they sent a letter admitting that not only had the NIH funded funded this gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab of virology, but the results had created had created this virus. They had enhanced a virus, a coronavirus found in bats, and made it transmissible to humans. And they admitted that. And yet, what did Fauci say throughout this? Deny, 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 denounce Trump's theory. And even... Even in that National Geographic piece, four days, four days after Trump said he's, he'd seen credible evidence, four days later, Dr. Fauci, tiny Tony, says there's no evidence. But as he made that statement, you know what we learned even before the NIH admitted the funding of this Wuhan virology lab, admitted that it had developed this coronavirus, COVID-19? Well, we knew months before that Tony Fauci, Tiny Tony, well, back in 2014, I think it was, when this funding began, he was the director of the National Institute of Diseases and uh, whatever else it is, the NIAID. So he was the director of that under the NIH. And he was actually the director when the NIH earmarked $600,000 to the Wuhan lab of virology for the express purpose, express purpose even, of understanding bat coronaviruses. So Fauci lied through his teeth. And yet the left still what? They still lionize him. They still act like he has an ounce of credibility. So there's one conspiracy theory that we were gaslit about, told that we were crazy, it was a right-wing, lunatic, fringe conspiracy theory. And they didn't even want us to talk about, even mention the fact that the virus came from China. Remember the propagandist effort that we experienced where we heard time and time again, calling it a China coronavirus, the Chinese coronavirus, that's racist. You know, it's actually, violence is breaking out in America against Chinese immigrants. Because Donald Trump called it the Chinese virus. What about the Spanish flu? When you bring that up, does it still evoke hatred and anger and animosity towards immigrants from Spain? Every virus, most viruses, have to do with where they originated. That was a scam. That was an attempt to silence us, to move our attention away from the origins of it, how it came about, because, you know, in that same National Geographic interview, and I'm doing this from memory, by the way. I don't even have it in front of me. I'm just so, I'm just so riled up. So riled up about this because 
for a government to manipulate the American people like this, to do this to us, to destroy our lives, to drive 113 million Americans out of work over this, to shut us down? Let let me just go here for a second, too. What's another lie? March 2020. What was the premise? What, 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 how did they sell the lockdown? 15 days to slow the spread. Remember that? 15 days to slow the spread. You know, March 15th or so, I think it was, Donald Trump issued those restrictive guidelines, national guidelines. 15 days to slow the spread. And you know what Fauci did? Days, not weeks, not at the end of the 15 days, days after after Trump announced the 15 days to slow the spread, sold it to us as a 15-day seizure of our rights, our lives, our liberty, 15 days only. Well, just days into it, Fauci goes on on the Today Show and tells Savannah Guthrie, it's looking like it's going to be several weeks. Several weeks. So already out of the gate, 15 days A couple days into the 15 days, Fauci goes on the Today Show like he's the president of the United States, like he's the dictator, and he tells Savannah Guthrie, well, forget about the 15 days, it's going to be several weeks. And then what what happens? Several weeks turned into what? I mean, in California, it's still going on. Unless you live in some very red state like a Florida, you know, your life has never been the same. Florida's a unique place, and God bless DeSantis and the people that live there. But for most of the country, and especially blue states, of course, life has never returned. Our liberties have never come back. They remain seized under false premises. Now, what's another, what's another lie? Okay, So we've got, of course, the uh, Wuhan lab theory that was called the conspiracy theory, which is true. Uh, we had the 15 days, which we were told is all we, were, we had to, to do to give it up. That was our sacrifice, 15 days. And that was a lie. It became, you know what it became. It went on and on endlessly. What are some other lies? How about the masking? The masking. You know, Fauci, of course, initially said, masks don't do anything. There's no point in wearing them, which makes sense. You know, that is actually a statement that is aligned with medical practice in the past. The flu is a respiratory airborne illness, just like coronavirus. Just like coronavirus. And remember, coronavirus, COVID-19, COVID-19, yeah, it was man-made in a lab, but the coronavirus, there are many of them. The common cold, did you know the common cold is actually a coronavirus? It is. It's in the coronavirus family. Now, the flu is a different type of virus, but they're the same in terms of being airborne respiratory illnesses. But we never masked up during flu season, did we? Why not? Because it never worked. It didn't work. It wasn't scientific to wear masks. The masks were always a symbol of fear, a way of reminding people in perpetuity every day of their lives that this was the new normal, that there was something to fear, that COVID-19 was different than everything else. And it was not. It was not. So we now, of course, you know, my sister works in Los Angeles. And she told me, I talked to her the other day on the phone, and she told me that she got an email, it was a company-wide email, 
There are quite a few employees at this company. It's a production company out there in Hollywood, La La Land. Well, she got an email that told them to up their mask game, that the cloth masks were useless. And of course, they got that information from the leftists, the same people that told us for two years that we had to wear masks every day and that masks prevented the spread of COVID. Well, now they just admitted what? They never worked to begin with. You have to wear an N95 mask or a KN95 mask. And that's a bunch of baloney too, by the way. I know surgeons, I know doctors, and I've talked to them. The KN95 is worthless. It's garbage, just like the cloth masks. The only mask that has any hope of preventing any spread is the N95 respirator mask. And only in specific controlled settings in which it's perfectly fitted to your face. And you wash your hands, you never touch your face. That's the only one. And so, how many leftists out there are outraged because they're now being told that the cloth mask they've been, they, they've been promised, told, did something? Well, they're now being told they lied to them. But they don't see it that way because they belong to a cult. Plain and simple. So there's another lie. Masking works. Masking works. And I, of course, early on said, uh, no, they don't. Um, I, I compared them to, to being just symbols of subservience to the government. And for that, I was attacked viciously, by the way. Not a, not a, it comes with the territory. I don't mind it. I love the hate. Don't worry. By the way, I just want to mention something right now. Because I am beginning to get leftist trolls, which is a sign of success, by the way. Side of success. Look, if I, the more hatred I get, the more animosity, the more hate emails, well, it means I'm doing my job. I'm being efficient. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene got terminated, permanently banned, just like Donald Trump got permanently banned from Twitter. Not because of anything they said that was untrue, but because they were highly effective. So, you know, in the Twitter world, the, the permanent ban is actually a, 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 a symbol of honor. It's a medal, basically, is what it amounts to, in my opinion. But anyway, I got all these trolls now. They're going and listening to my podcast. And the only way you can rate it, I think, or the only one that matters is Apple Podcasts. So if you listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, I need you to do me a favor because people are going in there now and they're giving me one star. And I know this show and my talents are six stars, but six stars are not an option. (laughs) I'm joking, of course. Five stars for sure. The talent here on display every day. But they're giving me one star. It's starting to happen. They're trying to bring down my podcast ranking and rating. And I need you in this moment, if you listen, to just... If you listen on Apple Podcasts, just take 2.5 seconds, 2.5 seconds, scroll down and give me five stars because I don't want the trolls because they don't care. They don't listen to me anyway. You know, they're just out there doing the little damage they can, trying to cancel, doing whatever they can. I mean, they're punks. So do me a favor and and take care of that. Okay, I'm going to take one short break. We're going to come back and get into this. I had so many other things to talk about. And I'm hoping to get to many of them still. 
But I just want to tell you, uh, it doesn't smell right. You know, if it looks like a, a, a duck and quacks like a duck and uh, what's, how's the rest go, you know? It's like a Bushism here. Shame on me once, shame on, tw- tw- on you. Um, if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. I might be missing one. But anyway, the point is, uh, that's how I feel about this pandemic. Uh, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's been manipulated. And everything we've been told is a lie. And it goes much deeper than that. Uh, this is Drew Allen. I'll be right back. Everything that we have been told has been a lie. Everything. Now, I found during that short break the information that I was discussing, the the CDC guidelines with regards to how COVID-19 was supposed to be diagnosed, reported as deaths. Now, they put together this long... Uh, well, they, it get, they call it the reports, the guidance for certifying deaths due to coronavirus disease, 2019, COVID-19. So this is back in April, 2020. So this is the start of the pandemic. This is how the cases were to be reported. And this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about when they created a situation designed to purposefully to inflate the numbers. It's undeniable. Let me read this to you. In cases where a definite diagnosis of COVID-19 cannot be made, but it is suspected or likely. Example, the circumstances are compelling within a reasonable degree of certainty. It is acceptable to report COVID-19 on a death certificate as probable or presumed. In these instances, certifiers That could be the coroner, the doctor, whoever. Certifiers should use their best clinical judgment in determining if a COVID-19 infection was likely. However, please note that testing for COVID-19 should be conducted whenever possible. Do you understand what that's saying? That means that it is appropriate. While they encourage testing, they are giving hospitals permission, permission to diagnose to say that a death is from COVID if they just think it is. That is how loose the guidelines are. Notice they add, testing for COVID-19 should be conducted whenever possible. So there's no fixed requirement. And of course, we said, Trump said as well, look, they're inflating the numbers. And that was called the conspiracy theory as well. Nor were our questions answered when we wondered, When someone comes in the hospital with multiple comorbidities, that is, they are sick from something else. A very sick person dies with COVID or even from COVID. You know, what is the breakdown? You're telling us 800 plus thousand Americans are dead. Well, what are the circumstances? Not only do we want answers 
As to whether you've actually broken down and told us who died with COVID or from COVID, we didn't get those answers. So we have no idea, no idea amongst those 800 plus thousand deaths, how many were simply dying with COVID as opposed to from COVID. But we got insight into it now because Rochelle Walensky, in the clip that I talked about, well, she said 40% of hospitalizations are with COVID, not from COVID. But they hadn't divided those numbers, not since April of 2020. It's just somebody test positive for COVID. So that was inflated automatically. Now, obviously, there's some discretion here. Discretion here with the death reporting. Because if a doctor thinks it's COVID-19, well, they can report it as COVID-19. That and the fact that there was a monetary incentive also for reporting things as COVID-related. Hospitals did receive additional funds if it was COVID-related. That is a fact, undeniable. But anyway, I want you to hear Rochelle Walensky. Here's the clip with Brett Baer. Do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, yes, of course, with Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. Did you, did you listen carefully? Listen carefully. What did she say? Brett Baer asked her about the 830,000 deaths from COVID. What does he ask? How many of those? Do you have the data? How many of those were from COVID versus with COVID? And she says what? Yes, we've been following it closely with Omicron. He's not asking about Omicron. She pivots. She does not answer the question. Listen again. Listen again carefully. Do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID, but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, yes, of course. With Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to and is, uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, and of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. So she either doesn't want us to know or doesn't know because of the way they conducted themselves. Now, I want to go back to something real quick. You know, this is back, um, back, uh, this, this was April 24th of 2020, okay? This is, this is right after those guidelines came out that I just told you about from the CDC that basically just instructed the coroner or whoever was signing the death certificate just to put their opinion down on paper as to whether it was COVID or not. It's nice if you test them for COVID, but you don't have to. You have the ability to just write it on the paper without any problems. That's how loose the requirements were, right? So Senator Scott Jensen, he was a physician or still is a physician in Minnesota. This is back in 2020, though, in April, of course. Well, he went on the Ingram angle. This was on April 8th. April 8th, all right, on Fox News. And he made the claim that hospitals get paid more if Medicare patients are listed as having COVID-19 and they get three times as much money if they need a ventilator. So this was published, the story in The Spectator. It was shared around. And here's what, here's what Jensen said, which is what the point I've been trying to make too. How can anyone not believe that increasing the number of COVID-19 deaths may create an avenue for states to receive a larger portion of federal dollars? Already some states are complaining that they are not getting enough of the CARES Act dollars because they're having significantly more proportional COVID-19 deaths. So Jensen said, 
Hospital administrators might well want to see COVID-19 attached to a discharge summary or a death certificate. Why, he asks. Because if it's a straightforward garden variety pneumonia that a person is admitted to the hospital for, if their Medicare, key, if their Medicare, typically the diagnosis-related group lump sum payment would be 5000 5000 that's for regular pneumonia. But if it's, if it's COVID-19 pneumonia, then it's $13,000. And if that COVID-19 pneumonia patient ends up on a ventilator, it goes up to $39,000. So Jensen had to come back and say, look, I'm not saying physicians are gaming the system, but I'm saying other players like hospital administrators, why wouldn't they be doing this? People are self-interested. If you can get more money for this, you're going to do it. That's the whole way the welfare system works. That's how we're geared. People are self-interested. So if you, if you create a situation in which you incentivize people, to lie about COVID, to make more money, of course people are going to do it. Don't pretend for a minute that everyone in this country is honest and pure. Is uh, Honest and pure is the wind-driven snow, I guess is the saying. They're not. We know this. And of course there are people that are going to take advantage of this. We see it in Congress with our congressmen. They're supposed to be the upstanding citizens amongst us, and they're the most corrupt among us. So of course that happened. So that's what he said to, to on, the, on the Ingram angle. And you know what this reminds me of? This makes me think of, this is what they did in, in Vietnam, by the way. The Vietnam War was not going well. They had a motivation. They wanted to continue the war. They wanted to continue to, 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 to wage war in Vietnam. And what did they have to do to justify it? They had to pretend that they were winning. Make it look as if it was going better than it actually was. And so they developed something. McNamara and these, these war hawks called the Body Count Initiative. Now, the Body Count Initiative rewarded high-ranking officers, people that were responsible for troops. Well, they incentivized them to report higher body counts. That would be the enemy combatants, right? So if you're showing that you've killed more Vietnamese soldiers, well, it seems like you're winning the war. And so they would be promoted and patted on the back. And these individuals knew that. Washington wanted a higher body count. And so they rewarded the generals and so on and so forth for reporting higher body counts. So what happened? They made up numbers. They fabricated the numbers of dead Vietnamese that they reported to make it look like the Vietnamese losses were far greater than American losses. And that's what happened here. For the intention of stoking fear and shutting down the economy, and stealing our liberty, and justifying what they were doing to us, they had to make COVID look as bad as possible. So in the case of COVID-19, the CDC, they gave initiatives that incentivized hospitals to exaggerate the numbers of COVID deaths and COVID cases. It's as simple as that. It happened in the Vietnam War, and it's, it happened with covid but I want to play another clip here. This is going to get this is going to get your blood boiling. I know this has been a blood boiling, high pressure, blood pressure episode. But we got to confront this. Rochelle Walensky has now gone on Good Morning America. Good Morning America. What have we been led to believe? How are people behaving? Healthy individuals, even they they act as if COVID nineteen is a death sentence. They act as if. If they get it, their odds of survival are nil. Nobody wants to get COVID. 
Nobody wants to get COVID. Everyone's fearful of COVID. They don't act this way with the flu. You don't want to get the flu, but you don't hunker down in your home for two years to avoid getting it. You don't demand that everyone around you wear masks and get the flu shot, do you? Because we accept. We understand there are bad flu years, and they're really bad. I mean, tens of millions of people get hospitalized for the flu. You know, just a few years ago, we had one of the worst in a while. 68,000, roughly, Americans died from the flu, including children. But we didn't change our behavior. And so, here is the next big lie. The next big lie. Comorbidities. Who is actually at risk from COVID? How dangerous is it to the average American citizen? Not dangerous at all. Here is Rochelle Walensky on Good Morning America. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. In that clip, Walensky just admitted that 75%, and it could be higher, but 75% of the 830,000 reported deaths from COVID-19 had up to four comorbidities, up to four comorbidities. Now that is simultaneous illnesses they're dealing with. Can I say that again? Do you know what that means? That means that 622,500 of the reported 830,000 deaths from COVID were people who were very ill and very sick to begin with. That means that there were 207,500 deaths that didn't have that many comorbidities. Now, the question I have is how many people had one comorbidity? How many had two? Let's play this clip one more time. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. There you have it. Up to 75% had four comorbidities. Well, cancer, for example, would be one comorbidity. Uh, if you add, I don't know, sclerosis of the liver. I mean, these are all four comorbidities. Do you understand? These people were dying. And COVID was simply the final nail in the coffin for people who had up to four comorbidities. That's 75% with four comorbidities. How about the percentage with three or two or one other comorbidity? I mean, if, if you're like, like, let me use an example. Colin Powell, he recently died from COVID-19, although he was fully vaccinated. Now, Colin Powell, he was immunocompromised. And that was the argument. Well, uh, the vaccine, you know, he had, he had cancer. Well, the vaccine was supposed to protect him. Was supposed to protect him. But he got the vaccine to protect himself from COVID because he needed it because he had a comorbidity. The comorbidity in Colin Powell's instance was cancer. But he died from COVID. Which proves the vaccine didn't do anything for him. He was very, very sick. That's one comorbidity. So how many people actually died from COVID that were young and healthy individuals that didn't have serious medical complications that would make them fearful of any other disease out there? 
whether it be the flu, the common cold, developing pneumonia, getting any number of things. So let's just, we don't have an answer for that, but on the face, what she just admitted was only 207,500 of the deaths had less than four comorbidities. That's where we are. We don't have any kind of explanation for how many others had less comorbidities. I don't mean to get confusing here. I'm just saying, okay, 207,500 people who died from COVID had less than four comorbidities. That's where we are based on her statement. Half a million people die from heart disease every year, and half a million people die from cancer every year. And less than half of those numbers in two years have died from COVID-19. That means approximately 100,000 people, 100,000 people with fewer than four comorbidities died from COVID-19. 100,000 per year amongst the healthy. Or less than four. This is outrageous. This has been the biggest scam. The biggest scam. We were lied to about every single detail. Lied about the purposes behind masks, masks that didn't work. Lied about the number of projected fatalities if we didn't act and do what they said. 2.2 million in the study out of the UK that was responsible, that was being what was used as the premise for shutting us down. That was a lie. The vaccines stop the virus, as Rachel Maddow told us. They're proving themselves to be, have great efficacy. And now we know that's not true at all. Everything they said was a lie. And of course, they demand we continue to listen to them. They have no credibility. The credibility, credibility gap today is and must be as wide as the Grand Canyon. There is a schism in America, and we can no longer trust the government. We should never have trusted them to begin with. That was the first mistake. But here we are. Here we are. But what's the media going to do with this? Are they going to apologize? Are they going to say, oh, we're sorry we got it wrong two years later after intentionally stoking this fear and lying to everyone? Of course not. Of course not. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to make excuses. They're going to be upset. They're going to be worried. They're going to come and say, people actually... They should still come to us. They're going to say, you know, if people don't start listening to us anymore, if people don't come and listen to Brian Stelter, for example, on the news, well, we're in real trouble because where are they going to get their information from? People should never watch these networks again. These networks are propagandist outfits who have an agenda. They are not there to inform the American people. They are there to deceive the American people. To lie to the American people. And actually, I got, a, I got a clip here that explains my point. Exactly what I'm saying just took place on Brian Stelter's show recently. Here's what the media is saying. It's in the Reliable Sources newsletter. Here's a, here's a big, overly broad question for you, okay? Is the media at this point out of touch with the public about COVID? I, I think it's hard to argue that, uh, you know, the media is a, a large uh, group of people, but... A lot of the media does seem, when I look at it and, and then travel the country, to be 
very out of touch with people. I mean, if you travel the country, people are not really living in the same uh, bubble that it seems that uh, most of the media is messaging toward. And, right. and so, yeah, and, and so I, I, I think this is an issue because if people are tuning out, uh, what's going on in cable news, if we're not messaging toward uh, the general population, um, you know, they're, they're just, you know, ignoring everything and, and living their lives. Uh, and, and we're not really getting the information that they need to them. So that was Oliver Darcy on CNN on Brian Stelter's show, making the claim that if people aren't listening to CNN, if they're tuning CNN and Brian Stelter and these liars out, how are they going to get any information? They'll be living a lie. These people couldn't be more sinister or just stupid. You know, people have been living a lie, which has been the point of this entire episode. People have been living a lie precisely because they've been listening to the media. Not because they've been ignoring it. If we had ignored the media, we would be in a much better place. If we had ignored the media, we, we, would, we, we would be living in truth. But because people listen to people like CNN, Rachel Maddow, who said the... The vaccine stops the virus. Dr. Fauci, who went on these same leftist propagandist cable networks and told us mass work, social, social distancing works. These same networks that told us and reported 830,000 American dead without acknowledging the simple fact that 40,000, 40% of hospitalizations are with COVID, not because COVID, who lied to us and made us think that COVID-19 was a death sentence for failing to ask questions and report the reality that 75% of the dead were probably going to die anyway with four comorbidities? What they did is atrocious. But you have Oliver Darcy here. This is why I have no respect for any of these people. These are awful, terrible human beings. Oliver Darcy says, where are people going to get their information? They'll be living a lie without us. Reject these people, tune them out, never listen to them again. They have no credibility. And they did this to themselves, and they deserve, deserve to be forced off the air by a lack of viewers. No one should listen to these people. They have lied to us, and they're responsible for the lies we have lived. But for them, but for them, the American people and our psyche would not be so destroyed so fragile right now, living a life of fear of something that poses now virtually zero threat to every American citizen. This in addition to the fact that those life-saving treatment options, the same media shot down and scared people from taking in collaboration with their partners in the Democratic Party and the government, who did the same and prevented doctors from actually administering these life-saving treatments, whether it's hydroxychloroquine and zinc, ivermectin, you name it. So many countless drugs could have saved lives, but the media, the media lied. Lied and convinced people that the only solution, the only solution to save their life was to get on a ventilator in a hospital. And then it was just to get the vaccine. And that alone, that alone could save your life when in fact it was all a lie. I'm so fed up with these people. I'm so sick of these people. These people are evil, vile human beings. And watching CNN is responsible, responsible for the lies we have lived. This is Drew Allen. I'll be right back.
one bit of fun at least that's coming out of if we're gonna find fun in this right the the democrat party is in complete disarray i mean they are they are self imploding before our very eyes and it's because they can't lie themselves out of the decade of lies they've been saying especially over the last two years with COVID. I mean, they painted themselves into a corner. How do you lie yourself, lie your way out of this now? And I'll get into some of the reasoning because the the next question that I know you want to know that we're all wondering and asking is is this. Why now is Walensky admitting the things, confirming those things that were previously delineated as conspiracy theories and dangerous misinformation. I mean, the things that the CDC director is saying now that are out there in the open being talked about, these are the very things that people were kicked off of Twitter for, that people had their messages labeled as misinformation, that the media, by and large, the propagandist media, the leftist mainstream drive-bys out there, These are the very narratives they said were conspiracies. So why now? I'll get into that theory in a moment. Of course, many are suggesting it has to do with the midterms. Maybe, maybe. But I I think that there's a little bit more to it. I've got a different take on that. But anyway, so we just, we just, uh, uh, you know, actually, I was going to tell you this about Jake Tapper. So, but, you know, actually, before I get into Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper, who suddenly has seen the light, like always. He's always about two years late, uh, and he's an absolute disgrace. Honestly, it's embarrassing for him. Embarrassing. He has no self-awareness whatsoever. But because on the heels of playing um, that audio that you heard and discussing Walensky coming out and destroying the left's narrative single-handedly, essentially, confirming those things that the left claimed weren't true, now she's saying they're all true, well, they're upset. And they are running damage control now. Their heads are spinning on swivels. They don't know what to do. And so the Health and Human Services Director, uh, Becerra, so he went on CNN. Of course, they always go to CNN. Do you notice this? They're always on the Communist News Network. So Becerra goes on CNN, and I just want you to hear his conversation. So he, he is there to comment and run interference and damage control for the statements that CDC Director Walensky has said. Uh, Here it is now. Dr. Rochelle Walensky is an infectious disease expert. Uh, She has a medicine, medical license, and she also has a degree in public health. She doesn't have a degree in marketing. She has a degree in medicine and in public health, and she's an infectious disease expert. Is it just me, or is it, or is it disturbing to anyone else that the Health and Human Services Secretary, Becerra, is discussing marketing, marketing, as it relates to a deadly virus? I, I mean, what is going on here? She doesn't have a degree in marketing? But this is the point. Pardon me. I'm so sorry. Marketing. It's all been about marketing. Marketing fear. Peddling fear. Selling fear. Marketing. She gets out there and she tells people 
that they've been lied to. She tells the American people, I, I don't think it was necessarily intentionally, I think, I definitely don't think it was intentionally, but she gets out there and she tells us facts, facts we've been wanting for a long time. Okay, 40% of hospitalizations are with COVID, not because of COVID. Well, thank you. That is actually useful information to us. We want to know that because, you know, we're the ones who are running around or hiding in our homes fearfully of this. So we want to know how serious this is. 75%, she says, at least, but more than probably, she said, 75% of, uh, of the fatalities from COVID. Well, they were in people with four, you know, four more uh, comorbidities. <clears throat> so he comes on here and he says, well, she's got a degree in medicine and public health, not a degree in marketing. They're saying these things in the open now. They're saying these things in the open. So they're trying to backtrack. (laughs) I I don't know. You know, it's amazing. You know, we don't watch CNN, right? But if I am an American leftist who bought this lie, and I'm seeing Secretary Becerra on CNN talking about how she doesn't have a marketing degree, I don't know why she needs a marketing degree to come on as an infectious disease expert and talk about the data she's seeing. I mean, what is she supposed to market? What he means is she doesn't have a degree in lying. She doesn't have the the, the proper Marxist education, training, and background as most of these leftists like Fauci who who seem to be well-trained and well-versed in the tactics of communism. But I want to share that with you. But so, so I, Jake Tapper, same network, CNN, right? So this is the guy, by the way, who uh, when Rand Paul, Rand Paul came out and suggested that Fauci knew about the gain of function research, which we know is true now. Well, when Rand Paul asked questions about gain of function research, uh, as it pertained to Tony, t- tiny Tony Fauci, well, he dismissed Paul's claims. As misinformation. Misinformation. Well, he got that one wrong, of course. But today, it was amazing. I'm not going to play the clip. I'll just tell you. He's on there with Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay Gupta, who just got railroaded by Joe Rogan not too long ago. When Joe Rogan, when Joe Rogan flat out to, to Sanjay Gupta's face basically said, the network you work for is a propagandist machine. They lied and said I was taking horse dewormer when I wasn't. And Sanjay Gupta looked like a deer in the headlights. I mean, his eyes lit up. He didn't know, quite know what to say except to say, well, they shouldn't have said that. He admitted that. And then they tried to backtrack then again. I guess Sanjay Gupta needs a, a degree in marketing as well. Maybe he can talk to Becerra and he can get some training. But anyway, Jake Tapper's there talking to Sanjay Gupta. He apparently ho- heard, of course, what, what uh, Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, said. And he's just stunned talking to Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay Gupta, who says that, well, um, every, we don't, I don't understand, Sanjay says, essentially, I don't understand why every hospital in every state isn't capable or hasn't been dividing the, the hospitalizations based on coming in with COVID or because of COVID, but they should be. Yeah, two years later, Sanjay, and, and it's amazing to see Jake Tapper sit there. And then say, <laughs> what did what did Jake say? I'm, I'm jogging my memory here. I think he said, uh, he said, uh, 
Well, you know, if, if somebody's in the hospital with a broken leg and they also have asymptomatic COVID, that should not be counted as hospitalized with COVID, COVID clearly, said Jake. Well, no kidding, Jake. But, you know, CNN is the same network, the same network that produced articles, their anchors talked about it, their propagandists made the claims that there was no evidence to suggest, no evidence to suggest hospitals or doctors were inflating their coronavirus numbers. And now you have, this is rich, now you, now you have Jake Tapper on CNN with Sanjay Gupta saying, how can it be? How dare these hospitals and doctors inflate the numbers of coronavirus? Ah! But there you go. That's what you get from, uh, from CNN. I, uh, <clears throat> I just want to say this. You know, before I get into my political anal- analysis of, of why this is happening right now, what's going on with all these narratives, trying to keep track of them, what the objective is or motivation, because we always talk strategy, right? The Democrats usually have a plan. But, you know, the way out of this is humility. Humility. And what I mean by that, sincerely, is there are Democrats and Republicans. It really is bipartisan. It's majority Democrats, but I know Republicans who are scared to death of COVID. Scared to death still of COVID. That still... Let's just, I wouldn't even call them Democrats and Republicans right now. The people who still buy into this fear campaign, who are fearful for their lives day in and day out, who wear their masks, who believe that COVID is a death sentence, who are getting, you know, the vaccines and the booster after booster after booster. If we're going to get out of this, These individuals, all of us need humility because we were all tricked at one point or another in this pandemic. I know very few people, if any, that when the first, you know, 15 days to slow the spread campaign was announced, I know few people who disagreed with that because nobody knew at the time. Nobody had the facts. Nobody had any information to, you know, do the mental gymnastics that was required to. We just didn't have the info to see the long game. It came out of nowhere, seemingly. And so we all said, okay, 15 days. So most of us made the mistake. We have, we have to have humility and say, look, we made a mistake. That was a mistake. I didn't see that. I missed that. I saw it pretty quick afterwards, but that was the moment things went to hell when we agreed to 15 days because, as we know, Dr. Fauci, two days into, three days into the 15 days, said it's going to be several weeks, and then it became you know, the endless, endless war against COVID. I mean, these people lied about the vaccine, I was going to put together a montage, but I don't have time for it now because I want to get into my, my last segment here and, and talk about a couple things. But, but humility. Uh, people just, it's become religion to them. You know, these individuals who still believe the vaccine is the only way forward, who are buying into the fact that the, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated when the facts prove the opposite. We even have Walensky out there contradicting the very beliefs I mean, I mean, it, it contradicts everything they've known. And this is the science. This wasn't ever as deadly as we were led to believe. The vaccines do not prevent transmission or contraction of the virus. And we just need to move on with our lives like we always have before. And so humility is needed to recognize that we were lied to. But some people just, I know it's hard to admit 
that you believe something that was untrue. I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of like religion. Except this, we have evidence of. You know, religion requires more just faith. But there's a blind allegiance that's happened, and I understand, you know, somebody maybe who got the jab. And I'm not criticizing people who, who got the vaccine, by the way. I'm just saying, you know, we've been divided so that, you know, somebody who got the vaccine maybe feels like they want to double down and say the vaccines work. Well, the vaccines don't work. I, I did a radio interview. Uh, it was the, the inaugural broadcast of a friend of mine's new show out in Florida. She's got a, a weekend show now going solo. It's called Veronica Live. She's a, she's a good friend of mine, an awesome, awesome, awesome woman. Um, you know, she's been vaccinated, and she just had, had COVID light, as she called it, Omicron. And so, you know, I'm not criticizing Veronica. I'm just telling you that she told me, and from her experience, she got the vaccine, and she still got COVID, okay? And it was, thankfully, COVID light. But you have all these people coming down with COVID. I mean, did you see AOC? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she went down to Florida, the place she, she loves to hate, who she rails on as being dangerous. She goes there for vacation, of course, to Miami. And she gets back and uh, uh, to, to D.C. there, I guess it was, or New York. I don't know where she went back to. Uh, but she, she has COVID, and she's experiencing symptoms. I want to find, actually, if I can real quickly... Um, what she had to say, because, you know, of course... A statement had to be issued about it, and here we go. All right, this is actually, this is over at the Hill. Uh, they covered this. So AOC, test positive for breakthrough COVID-19. I'm tired of hearing this called breakthrough cases, by the way. It's not, it's not, it's not a breakthrough case anymore. It's just, it's a case. It's not a breakthrough. But anyway, so she tested positive for covid and this was like this was the fourth breakthrough case, by the way, amongst Congress people just over the weekend. And they're all supposed to be, you know, vaccinated and boosted up the wazoo. So anyway, the Congresswoman, here's what we go. Here, here's here's the statement. Let me read the statement in full, actually. This is rich. All right. So she's boosted. She's got two vaccines plus the booster shot. And she got covid and she's experiencing symptoms. So Washington, D.C. Today, the office of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez released the following statement. Representative Ocasio-Cortez has received a positive test result for COVID-19. She is experiencing symptoms and recovering at home. The Congresswoman received her booster shot this fall and encourages everyone to get their booster and follow all CDC guidance. All CDC guidance? You mean like going to Florida and partying in a bar without your mask on your face? Is that the CDC guidance you go to? I mean, we can't take these people seriously. And this is what I don't get to about people who religiously adhere to this stuff and actually believe the masks work, believe in the social distancing, believe they're going to die if they get COVID automatically, because all the people telling them this don't abide by any of that. AOC is one of the biggest proponents of, you know, holier than thou. You got to wear your mask. You know, it's your fault. I mean, she's the kind of person that makes fun of somebody who dies if they're not vaccinated. And here she is, the perfect example of violating the very rules she preaches, going to the state she likes to hate, the state that she rails on DeSantis being irresponsible for, you know. I mean, people on the left still say Florida is the COVID capital of the world, even though that's basically never been true. They made this claim even when they had the lowest case point in the nation, case, uh, case numbers in the nation. But there's Ocasio-Cortez, one of the dumbest women in America, as a matter of fact, 
But she probably thinks I want to date her by saying that. She probably thinks I want to date her by saying that. Um, only COVID wants to date her, apparently, and that orange-headed ginger that she was seen with a nasty feet in the flip-flops in Miami. He must have a trust fund. No way around it. Anyway, um, the congresswoman received her. So she's still, she, she got the booster. She got COVID. She's experiencing symptoms. She's at home quarantining. And she's still saying, everyone go get their booster. Does that make any sense to anyone? I don't think so. All right, uh, one more short break here. When we get back, we're going to make fun of Joe Biden because we have to do that. Uh, and also make fun of the liberals who voted for him, who still support him and think he's a better option than Trump. <laughs> I mean, again, humility. Just acknowledge you were wrong. You voted for Joe Biden. It was a mistake. You know, it's okay. I'll forgive you. But just acknowledge you were stupid. You were stupid and you were wrong. Uh, but anyway, that and then my analysis on uh, what's going on and why this information's coming out and what the Democrats' plans are, how this pertains to the midterms, for example, and, and more. This is Drew Allen. I'll be right back. Trump is the stupidest man in the world. He's the worst president. He's so dumb. He's unfit for office. He can't speak well. He's not articulate. He sends mean tweets. He can't control himself. He doesn't know what he's saying. We heard that all throughout his presidency and, and of course, in the year leading up to, to him getting the nomination and going to office. But we're supposed to believe that Trump's the stupidest person. And, and you know, the choice was was, uh, you know, Trump or Joe Biden. And Democrats and maybe some Republicans out there decided that Joe Biden was the better alternative. So here you go, Democrats. This is Joe Biden. Uh, he just got back. There were some fires, terrible fires, actually, um, uh, in Colorado recently. So he comes back and he, he, he this is how he addresses it. Uh, we're going to have windmills you can, you're going to see that have 100-yard wingspans each each propeller on that on that uh um windmill 100 yards long so there's so much that is going to be able to be done and uh you know i uh when i visit the national reviewable lab renewable lab energy lab about 20 miles i said from here it's uh it's also going to create significant number of jobs reason I'm telling you this is that's no solace that you lost your home now, but it's that we're going to be able to do a lot of renewable things that allow you to not only rebuild, but afford to rebuild and rebuild better, to build back better than it was before. And uh, it includes billions of dollars for wildfire preparedness, resilience and response. to. Don't worry, I didn't understand anything he was saying either. I'd play it again, but it would be useless and fruitless because we still wouldn't understand what he said because what he said didn't make any sense. But what we can say about this, Joe Biden. So he went and toured wildfire damage in Colorado. It destroyed more than a thousand homes. And he, he, <laughs> I know this isn't going to offer you solace, but we're going to, I know you lost a thousand homes and, and you, you're homeless right now and you're wrecked and you're sad and you're crying. You lost everything you own, but don't worry, because we're going to build mid windmills with a football length uh, arms. Uh, what are they called? St propeller. Yeah, that's right. 100, have 100-yard 100 wingspans each. Each propeller on that on that windmill, 100 yards long. So 
So there's so much that's going to be able to be done. I'm sorry you lost your homes, but we're building windmills uh, next door to you, and and uh, maybe maybe if you you need a job, a second job, so that you can rebuild, uh, you can go help build uh, uh, the newest windmill farm with a hundred yard. What the hell is he talking about? And there's another observation here. What kind of what kind of animal? What kind of heartless, soulless human being? takes the occasion of which, you know, you're supposed to offer words of encouragement, offering some kind of, obviously he can't empathize because he's never worked a day in his life. Um, he's had everything handed to him, and the Chinese have paid for his, his, his lavish lifestyle in addition to the American taxpayer. But these people lost their homes and he uses the occasion to talk to them about renewable energy in their state. This guy... I mean, to say he's got a screw loose, obviously, is an understatement of the century. But that's the guy the Democrats voted for. That's the guy. If you voted for, for Joe Biden, way to go. That's your guy. So if you're wondering why the world sucks right now, it's there you go. Front and center, Joe Biden, which actually brings me to my point. So I offered to, uh, to tell you my commentary about what's going on. So. All right. One one assertion being made, one theory out there, if you will about why the CDC is suddenly leaking out, starting to, to slowly put out information that lessens the fear about COVID, that is revealing that there's less to be afraid of now. They're saying it's about the midterms, the midterm elections. So maybe the Democrats have decided that maybe, as it looks like they're going to get shellacked at the polls, maybe it's in their best interest to take their foot off the gas pedal for a little while uh, because people don't want to be feeling like the Democrats are going to lock them down again. They want to feel a little bit of certainty and the economic havoc being wreaked on this reap that we are reaping because of Democratic Party policies, inflation and everything else. Well, maybe we shouldn't strongly message a fear porn campaign about COVID that may cause people to think they could lose their jobs again. So that's a theory. I don't think it's, uh, I, I think that there might be some truth to that, but I think it's bigger than that. And actually, I'm going to make a rare statement, a rare statement. I don't know what's going on. But I say that with certainty, not I don't know because I can't figure it out. I don't know because I actually don't think the Democrats know what they're doing. And what I mean that mean by that is strategically. I think they're just lost. I think Joe Manchin single-handedly has brought the great party, the jackass, to its knees. He has thrown them for a loop and they don't know what to do because their plan was, their plan was, of course, to pass the radical leftist agenda that creates a bigger welfare state, greater government dependency, and then, of course, to pass their, their um, voter suppression legislation. Their... Um, Voter cheating legislation. But if they can't pass that cheating legislation, well, they're really in a pickle going into 2022 because if they can't cheat, if they can't get massive mail-in ballots, unsolicited mail-in ballots sent out under the guise of the dangerous COVID out there, well, they don't really have a chance in hell 
of fending off any Republicans. And it looks like I think there's something like 32. Maybe uh, I think they're in Congress. Democrats are looking to retire. That's astounding. That means they're giving up. And they don't believe their chances are good. So I, I, I think something else, too. Look, typically you have a competent president in the office. I mean, look, Barack Obama, for example. I mean, he's certainly a, a red commie and a totalitarian who hates America, but he's a smart guy. He's capable of strategy. He's a, he's a student of Saul Alinsky. He's a, a uh, community organizer. And so he understands the communist playbook of fomenting hatred and division and creating a revolution. And the, the president always has the bully pulpit. They always have an ability to access the American people, to push that message, to have some sort of credibility, especially if you're a Democrat and you have a propagandist media machine backing you up to defend you and support you. But Joe Biden's not capable of giving... It's been 69 days now since his last press conference, I believe. I believe that's it, 69 days. So they don't have anyone who's competent of actually doing this messaging. So I think they're a little bit lost because the executive branch is a big piece in the puzzle in terms of convincing the American people to go along with things. And they picked a guy they could control, but now it's kind of showing itself to be a burden to them. And I think that what's happening is they're discombobulated. They don't quite know how to handle this because think about this. The Democrats really took on an impossible task. Well, they didn't take on an impossible task. Let me rephrase that. They have been trying to do something that cannot be done. They have claimed they were going to end the pandemic. That's what Joe Biden said, right? And the Democrats, that was the message that allegedly got him into the Oval Office. Trump was responsible for death and disease. Everyone who died of COVID, it was his fault. He didn't have a plan. Joe Biden had a plan to end the virus, end the pandemic. But they never really wanted to end the pandemic because they needed the pandemic to control, continue to control the American people and use it as leverage to create circumstances that were extraordinary in terms of how bad they were unprecedented so that they could then take unprecedented action and justify what they were doing. And so you can't end the pandemic, but use the pandemic. And so I think this is the, the position they have stuck themselves in between a rock and a hard place. And so I think a lot of what we're seeing now is just not everyone's on the same page because they don't have a coherent strategy right now because they were banking on... You know, this actually goes back to 2016. Can you imagine if Donald Trump had not been elected in 2016? We wouldn't be having this conversation. And none of this would have taken place because America would have already been lost. And I can't emphasize enough, in my opinion, how significant Trump's election was in 2016 to driving the left insane. Because they always figured they were going to get Hillary Clinton in there. They were certain of it. And she was going to finish the job started by Barack Obama. She was going to finish it. And when he got in there, they couldn't accept it. That's why she didn't accept the election results. That's why the stakes were so high. It wasn't just another election to them. It was the election to finish the job. The election to secure power in perpetuity. And so they have not been acting strategically. Because typically, you know, this movement of the Democratic Party 
goes back to, you know, the early 60s even. You could go back before that, but, but prominently, predominantly the 60s and the 70s. You know, all these young communists like a Hillary Clinton who studied and worshipped at the feet of Sololinsky, the Rules for Radicals guy, who was a communist. He's the one who wrote the playbook for fomenting, creating revolution in this country to secure power for the Democrats in perpetuity. So these people came of age, they got into politics, they got into bureaucracy, and they were, they, was pa- they were patient. They played the long game. And I think they got too eager. I think they lost sight of the, you know, they decided to just go in for the kill. And they moved too fast. We've heard Barack Obama and others in the Democratic Party make that claim. Well, maybe we moved too fast. Yeah, maybe so. And so now they're in trouble and you don't know what to do. The pandemic's out of control. They can't control all of the information out there. People care about inflation, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you know, finances, when it affects your wallet, you're in deep doo-doo. So, yes, yes, I do agree with the premise that some of this is aimed towards softening. Because if this election's about COVID again, right, Joe Biden looks like the bad guy because more people have died under Joe Biden than Donald Trump. So I think now it is true. They want to make sure that His failures in the handling of the COVID pandemic doesn't become a central campaign issue. So now they'll make it seem like, okay, well, yeah, you know, actually we inflated some things. But, but you know, they have to pick and choose. I mean, they have to take some hit for this because they have been lying. But if they don't take the hit for it, they can't soften uh, the COVID experience going into 2022. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? I hope so. So that's what I think is going on in addition to the fact that they're just really confused and don't know what to do because Joe Manchin has kind of foiled their plans and without the um, uh, the voting suppression act, the cheating act that they want to pass going through, which it doesn't look like it is. It doesn't seem like Joe Manchin's willing to support that either. Seems like a lame duck year, if you will, for this president, Joe Biden. And so without that, they don't know what to do because they're unpopular. So they've got, they're trying to figure out ways. We're going to see things change every day. That's what I can predict. We're going to see things that don't make any sense. We're going to see just like I played. You have Walensky going on and telling us the truth, well, new truths to the, the left about the inflation of the deaths and everything else that we've known about that we were called conspiracy theorists for making. Well, she's going out there and saying it. And then they're sending, this doesn't just happen. This gets organized, right? They have press offices. And then you have Health and Human Services uh, Secretary Becerra going out and saying, well, you know, she just, and then they try and make excuses for her. And so we're going to see a lot of this. They're trying to figure out what to do right now. That's what we're experiencing. The Democrats are lost. They're trying to find a strategy. And that's why we're confused. All right, I want, to, I want to address one more thing before I get off here. So I wrote this article. It was published in PJ Media, uh, uh, my newest column. Uh, I talked about it in the last podcast. You, you heard me probably talk about it in the podcast if you came to my show and found me through my article. But, you know, there were a lot of people reacting to it. You know, look, I went through a lot of the things that happened in the oral arguments, and I talked about a lot of the cases that were made in terms of it being unconstitutional, for example, and other reasons that this, this, this OSHA mandate, Biden OSHA mandate, shouldn't go through. And so a lot of people, I, it, let me say this first, sorry. And I said the only, you know, the only point that needs to be made in this 
against the OSHA mandates is that there's no difference between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. That's the only point that need be made. And people said, oh, Drew, uh, I think you're wrong. You're missing the mark. It's about it's being unconstitutional. It's, you know, they can't force us to put the vaccines in our body. They have, listen to me. Listen to me. You're all right. You're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we want to take, you know, some um, unrealistic approach to it, in my opinion. Yeah, it, yes, the biggest issue is it's unconstitutional. But my point is getting rid of the mandate. Okay, it's strategic. So you've got the justices, let's just say Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer. They don't care about the Constitution. You're not going to convince them that this is unconstitutional because they just spent the oral arguments arguing that it was constitutional. And so my point is, the way to show these people as clowns is to look at the mandate itself. A mandate that claims that the unvaccinated are a greater threat in the workplace, or in fact, the unvaccinated are the only threat in the workplace to everyone else, including the vaccinated. And the premise is, there's a difference between the unvaccinated and the vaccinated, which means, oh, only the unvaxxed can spread and contract COVID. Only they are a threat. That's not true. So for OSHA to come in and claim that they want to mandate, put this mandate through, testing only the unvaccinated weekly and only making the unvaccinated wear masks, well, that's built on a lie because the vaccinated can also get and spread COVID. So why should the vaccinated not be required to test weekly when AOC, who's boosted and double vaxxed, triple vaxxed now, got COVID and has symptoms? She can get it and she can spread it. So for OSHA to come in and say that this is what we want to do to protect people, it's an outright lie. It's discriminatory. So that's why I said that's the only argument that need be made. There are many arguments to be made, but that's the one that shuts this down immediately. Like I said, Kagan and them don't care about the Constitution. They're, they're activists. They ignore the Constitution, defy the Constitution. But if you point out the, the, the fallacy in the mandate itself, it makes no sense to go through. You can't support it just like that. You don't have to argue about the constitutionality. You don't have to argue about all these other things. You don't have to twist yourself into pretzels. You don't have to try and convince someone insane you know, to come to your side. You just point out, look, if you just heard the argument, you know, that's that's my point. So I just want to say I, I appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate the dialogue it sparked. And all of you are right. Everyone who who who, who said, Drew, you're wrong. OK, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you, you know, but but, you know, that's an intellectual argument and we're dealing with communists. So we've got to be strategic. We can't just always stick to, oh, well, this is the you know, we got We got to fight fire with fire. And that's how you do it. But anyway, um, I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. We covered a lot of ground, can never get to everything, of course. But look, keep fighting out there. I'm going to keep fighting. We're making headway. Now's the time to push harder than ever, harder than ever, because our uh, enemies here, the Democratic Party, are discombobulated. They're off balance. And that doesn't happen that much. So let's keep pushing. Let's keep fighting. And let's defeat these suckers. That's with an S. I don't curse. All right. God bless you all. Until next time.